0: This is the Mouths of the South podcast. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. The official Dirty South soccer podcast. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? Talking all things Atlanta United FC. Don't nobody understand the words that are coming out of your mouth, man. We are the Mouths of the South. The South got something to say. That's all I got to say. What's up, Atlanta? This is the Mouths of South podcast, brought to you by Dirty South Soccer in the Palatial Six Eighty The Fan Studios. I am Eric Quintana, Josh, not Josh no. <laughs> Sam Franco, Josh Bagrianski. Make sure you send him a love tweet, uh, celebrating him or or what is it? The uh, wishing him luck. Yeah. Although I think at this Emmy point finals, the game's over, right? Jude Hills. I don't know when they started. I mean, hopefully by the time you've listened you listen podcast, to this podcast, they've won. Congratulate him on the big win, going to the finals. Another week without Josh.
1: They said the final would either be at McEachern and Gwinnett or Mercer and Macon. So I'm like, really hope it's McEachern. Him winning,
0: <laughs> him winning. I, don't, I can't tell if it's good for us or bad for us because we either get more credible or we it's one more week without him. I don't know. I can't. I can't decide. Well,
1: I mean, obviously for the long term <laughs> health of the uh, podcast, I think Josh getting more credibility can only help us. Oh yeah. For sure. uh, maybe for these next few weeks. And, and Atlanta United playing like every weekend and every midweek for the past like two weeks has really sort of thrown us for a loop in terms of how we do this. Because like we can't yeah, do the radio show on Wednesday when there's a game. We'll do one tomorrow because the game's not till 10 o'clock.
0: Typically we would do one podcast and then the radio show. Right. Ideally we would do the podcast, the radio show the same night, Wednesday nights. Yeah. Uh, but because of the schedules, because we have lives and we work and – we do all sorts of other things. Josh coaches and does other things. Uh, sometimes it's not possible. So t- this week is kind of uh, – it's crazy because we're, we're podcasting tonight, Tuesday night. That's right. Uh, we've got the radio show tomorrow night. We've got the game tomorrow night. And then we've got uh, Josh and I, assuming Josh isn't – look, I, I hope that he goes to the finals. Yeah. Should that not we be the case. We may or may not
1: have a show Thursday. Should be that
0: Should that not be the case, we'll have kind of like a reaction show on Thursday for you guys. Um, and speaking of uh, the podcast itself, some housekeeping work, if you haven't already figured it out, go to your podcatcher, search Dirty South Soccer, because uh, that is us and Five Stripe Final. We are now kind of banded together. Um, on the same sort of podcast platform through SB Nation. So if you're wondering why our podcast has sort of disappeared, is because it's now part of Dirty South Soccer. So go to your podcatcher, iTunes, Stitcher, uh, Podbean. What other ones are they? I don't even know what. I used. I just use Stitcher. Yeah, Anyways, go to any <laughs> of your podcatchers and uh, search for Dirty South Soccer. We will be will be tagged right out. Oh, you'll, you'll hear our episodes. Again, hey, the
1: amount of time it took you to say all that. You I already did it. it.
0: Boom. Done. So
1: yeah, all you got to do, that. I'm going to subscribe right now for my uh, own account. Boom. I just did it. And bammo. It's easy. Simple. Yeah. Just Dirty South Soccer. It's all you got to do. Go to Go to the iTunes store. If, if you're doing it on iTunes, type in Dirty South Soccer and you'll see it. Dirty South Soccer for Atlanta United fans. You can click on that. And the last two episodes of Mouth of the South are up here as well as all of the episodes
0: of Five Stripe Finals. Wham, bam. You know the rest. Simple. Simple. All right, uh, let's dive into Atlanta United. Has Orlando ever beaten Atlanta United? Not yet. Still hadn't happened. Three years and at least sort of like a third or a fourth into this year. Although The last 20 minutes of that
1: game, it did look like Atlanta United were going to have to hold on for dear life. But you never thought
0: thought that Atlanta United was going to lose that game. At the very least... They were going to give up the points. Well, if you were following your Twitter account, they would Twitter still walk account. away. They would still walk away with one. Oh yeah, no, I absolutely. And look, don't don't act like n- no one else in that building was thinking. Oh gosh, we're definitely going to give up one. I'm here. just saying. I think you were going. You were like, it's going to. I was happen. preparing you were, you were like, for the worst. It's going to happen. I was preparing. And look, if they had scored on one of their chances that they had earlier in the match. We'd be looking at a two nothing win and that goal that they I thought they would score. Hashtag hadn't blame
1: Eric works either way here though. Because if they had scored, then everybody would have been like, see, Eric was tweeting all this stuff about they were gonna score. So they would have probably blamed you then. Or hashtag blame Eric if you're on the Orlando side of things because you jinxed them into not scoring. So your jinx knows no bounds, knows no side of the rivalry. It just kinda floats around mischievously taking out whoever it wants to. I am the soccer god now, or the, the dread god now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I have become
0: the dread god. You, you have
1: controlled the dread god. Ga- you're you're, I, I you're now, like Bran Stark. You've warged into yeah, the dread god. for
0: sure. I'm no longer your human. I, you know what? <laughs> uh, I don't know what I am. You're the three-eyed five-stripe. Oh, man. could that be my nickname? Three-eyed five-stripe? I'll get a tattoo. I'll shave my head. <laughs> get a tattoo on the back <laughs> of my head. And I'll be called the three-eyed five-stripe. Uh, we're making this a thing.
1: Uh, we're going to knight A million Eric.
0: subscribers. A million subscribers. I will tattoo an eyeball on the back of my head.
1: We're going to knight Eric the the three-eyed five-stripe right here tonight. But in all seriousness, this game, again, Atlanta United, proving to be a team that can withstand that amount of pressure. Brad Guzan had a hell of a
0: game. Oh, stood on his head. He, he was did. Fantastic. Absolutely. I, I will say. The team I, was tired. I mean, I heard... in the last
1: 20 minutes of that game, they were dead.
0: I wanted to do this before, before as part to start the show. I remember what I wanted to start the show with because I thought it was it was good to just kind of uh, level out the 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 content creators a little bit. I'm not bashing anybody, but it's it's kind of funny how we all vary podcast to podcast, mm-hmm. content producer to content producer. I'm including I just consider it United Fan TV a podcast because of yeah, well, everything Of course, just um, content in general. Yeah, exactly, but it, it's it's us, Mouths of South, Home Before Dark. We're on the patience. Still a work in progress. It's looking great now. We're not on the fired Frank DeBoer bandwagon. You've got uh, soccer down here. It's it's everything is sunshine, rainbows, and lollipops. Everything is perfect shit. with Atlanta United, mm-hmm. and then it's Atlanta yeah, United fan TV, who's still pretty much fired DeBoer.
1: <laughs> yeah, and I mean <laughs> they they, look, they they've, <laughs> they've, they've
0: eased up on it a little bit, but they're still fi- fi- fire Frank DeBoer.
1: At least it's not just a two party
0: system. You know, we we do have <laughs> you get, look. Full. Depend whatever whatever you're you're into right now. Whatever bucket, whatever bucket you want to you want to dip your hand into, you can go ahead and 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 you've got something for that. That's the beauty <laughs> of is. having all of us. And I, think in general, and I wouldn't change that.
1: I think in general, one thing everybody can agree upon is that, you know, and, and this isn't something that necessarily even you have to agree upon because it's fact, it's not really an opinion, it's still early in the season. And it's especially for a player like P.T. Martinez, who scored a brilliant goal. A goal that we've seen coming. You know, the guys yeah. hit the crossbar. The guy has done a lot of great work, uh, you know, within this team. Just hadn't gotten that, broken that duck yet. And for him to score his debut goal in such... On a golasso. Great fashion. That, that, that is a golasso. And we'll have to ask Doug Roberson, who is the official authority on all things golasso. We'll have to see what I think he, he thinks proved. about it. But... <laughs> I, I, I hope he would approve. I, I agree with you because the way he whipped that thing in, it was both precision and power, and you get that very rarely in a shot because he he side-footed it essentially,
0: but put a bunch of power behind it, and that's very hard to do and guide it into the goal the way he did. And that should be on paper. That should be a relative – I'm not going to say relatively easy. I don't want to diminish what – Well, for him. Petey Martinez did. But going across the face of goal like that – Oh, yeah. It should have been – well, usually you're going to catch. the keeper I guess
1: flat-footed doing that. I would, that, I would need to be
0: tough. in the. I would need to be in in, in position to kind of see it for sure. Mm-hmm. But typically, when it's going across the face of goal like that and curving away from goal, oh, tough, it's, real tough. It can no, but I'm it's saying it can be easy to sometimes. Block, huh? But the but the placement from from Petey from the the, the power behind it the the well that's the what everything yet yeah mirror. exactly like, I mean, it all it all made, that, made it that much harder for Roe. Yeah,
1: absolutely uh, and I think it was just a great goal for him to to get off the the Schneid there so to speak.
0: And look you can you can you can talk about how he he what he said after the match and how you know pret you know he feels pressure all that stuff he, he was so happy to have that goal of course come on well did you, you see that. the reaction after I mean Darlington Nagbe
1: still doesn't have a goal and when he gets his it's going to be the same thing that, that sort of uh you know the shoulders relax a little bit you, you can feel the, the kind of pressure and, and Nagbe doesn't have near the pressure that uh Pity Martinez has um so uh
0: but yeah, you, you look at you look at the way Atlanta United played against Orlando. You look at the uh, it's obviously one nothing match. Mm-hmm. Um, I I was I was impressed with the first half. I was sure less impressed with the second half. I thought that the subs could have come in a little earlier. That's where my I look. No one's asked in the media, and that that's on that's on me. That's on everyone. Not necessarily on anyone else but um, no one's specifically asked about the reasons why he kind of waits as long as he does to make subs in some cases he doesn't use all three subs it's at this point it's starting to become a pattern right yeah absolutely because I, I look at I look at how quickly or how obvious it became that some players were, were just gassed were done and it took I want to say the first sub came in the 75th minute or so I can look that up but I'm not 100% sure It was late enough to where you're like, okay, subs need to happen now. Yeah, absolutely. Because you 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 figured you started seeing Orlando kind of get back into it. Uh, You started seeing Orlando not just get back into it. I mean, they were peppering um, the Atlanta United, which is why I I get I go I tweeted out a couple times. Atlanta United needs a second goal because they're going to get scored on. You can't you as tired as they were. I did not expect them. Good on good on Atlanta United. Good on Bragazan. Good on the defenders. Good on good on everyone. Good on them for not allowing that second goal. Or that, that that the only goal from Orlando, uh, as tired as they were, you know, as as compact as the schedule is, that that's going to be a major issue. And to see them kind of ride that out, and I know it could have been worse had some other players been in the picture, like Nani and whatnot. But yeah, question like to know what exactly? Nani injury or, uh, or turf? Nah. He didn't want to deal with the turf monster, <laughs> in all likelihood. Uh, but that's uh, I'm glad they weathered that storm. It shows that they've got that mental toughness to kind of stay in it as long as they possibly can. Uh, but again, I think Frank DeBoer, and this is the one thing I will kind of, you know, harp on or at least nitpick him on, is I, I feel like he should be subbing sooner, on a more consistent basis, well, especially especially knowing that, you know, these guys are playing like the third game, third game in like about like a week. Sure. Yeah,
1: there's no question about it. And There hasn't been. You know, he even talked about this in the, the post match about squad rotation or lack thereof and kind of saying that essentially he doesn't believe in just, you know, rotating these guys in um, without, you know, having earned playing time or whatever. I'd have to look up the full quote to attribute everything that he said there, but basically kind of to paraphrase, it's like, you know, the best players are going to play. And then when we have to put some new guys in there, we will, but it's not something he's just going to do to do. So, I would agree with you that it needs to happen earlier, especially in this game, because you could tell uh, these the players were just gassed. Uh, that's why Orlando was kind of able to just continue to keep putting on shot after shot. And you know, quite frankly, uh, these subs all kind of happening, you know, right around the same time. It's like you know, maybe space those out a little more, give some guys, especially some of the guys in the midfield, some relief.
0: Let me actually see when exactly that sub happened because I feel like it was it was late, but it didn't actually. First sub came in the 76th minute. So, yeah, 75th minute. I mean, how, would you have done it maybe 65th? I, I don't I, – I, I mean, is there a- You just noticed a lot sooner than that 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 Orlando was picking up the pace. Yeah. That you needed to make some kind of change, bring in some kind of spark. This is typically the time where I would be like, all right, Tito needs to come in to you know, stretch the field, uh, to add a little bit of life, to, to, to do something. Um, this is kind of the, one of those moments where you would have Barco last year come in and he would have been running around the top of the, you know, in in the, you know, Orlando's defensive third, to just try to put pressure on the players with the ball, just yes, yeah, a fresh leg, someone that could run around and just, you know, not necessarily create havoc, but just add, apply a little bit of pressure enough to where, you know, it's not as easy in the final twenty fifteen minutes for Orlando City. That that's what again, that's where I would I would utilize the subs a little bit better, and I, that's a small point considering. You know, four uh, four wins, four wins straight, four four straight clean sheets, uh, five out of the last six. Um, it seems to me that at this point, and I don't really care who they played, how they played them. You've gotten five five wins in the last uh, six matches, twelve points in the last. No, wait, is that right? Twelve points in the last. Uh, no, fifteen in the last eighteen. There you go. Yeah, I, I don't care how you've done it. You, you've you've completely turned around. The beginning of the season, essentially. If you want to kind of quarter that off by itself, you've, you've completely turned that around. Um, I asked Frank DeBoer, you know, did, did he feel like the the the, the issues and and uh, and concerns of to, to start the season are kind of gone, and you can kind of, you know, not actually start the season afresh, but look beyond this point and think, all right, now that that's over with, essentially, was my question, and he's he's full steam ahead. He's not concerned about what was in the past. He's not looking at sure the things that he can work on. There's there's um, there's things you learn from from the past, and I think that's what I was giving him a lot of patience for. It, mm-hmm. I was letting him take a few moments to to figure out the team that he had to to see what where players played best. Um, to give his his players a time to kind of acclimate themselves to to the system, to playing with uh, pity, to you know learning themselves joseph's new role you know it's 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 joseph himself himself has had to adapt to this new this new uh, this new system um everyone's had to adapt so to give them a chance to kind of figure things out through ccl as hectic as that was um through the opening uh start of the season where they clearly prioritize ccl over over regular season um you go into those matches as the beginning of the, of the regular ML season with, with the the situations that kind of presented themselves in, in terms of the bad weather, um, DC United by itself, and then Columbus. You know, those are all scenarios that play a part in the beginning of the season and how bad it kind of all started for Atlanta United. But now it's sort of, we're at the point now where, all right, five out of six, four straight, you haven't lot a goal in the last four you've got a lot of momentum heading into vancouver and i i know there's a lot of rotation uh, rotation expected michael Parkhurst and dogston nagby not not flying out not making the trip for that one andrew carlton did make the trip that was something carlton that making the trip some people um we'll see if he starts or plays
1: nagby not making the trip too is big because again this is a guy that you know unless you're kind of got your eyes on him the whole game you don't necessarily see it but the sort of straw that stirs the drink kind of player that he is in that midfield, you know, well, what are they going to do without him? That passing and and that play that, you know, he does such a great job of linking up. So that's going to be a big question. Uh, you also look at uh, just kind of the run of games we saw towards the end of the Orlando game, as you were talking about there, and, and eventually it's going to catch up to you at some point. And, and what happens too later on the road, this is something we'll talk about ad nauseum, I'm sure, but, you know, with Copa America and Gold Cup coming up, I mean, that's those are things that could ravage the squad, and it wouldn't even be injuries. You know,
0: yeah, I I look at if you look at the the schedule after Vancouver, you've got uh, you're playing the Red Bulls, and that's a tough one because you not only you're going back across country, but you're playing a team um, that is going to press the hell out of you. Mm-hmm. It's going to press you all up and down the field. I don't know where I, I don't know where I heard this from, but it's uh, there was a general consensus that Orlando didn't press. In this match. And I did not see the same match that some of these people were seeing. Because the reason Atlanta United scored the goal they scored is because Orlando was pressing. Right. <laughs> because because LGB decided we're, we're going to play along over the top to kind of stretch this game out a little bit. And he saw the opportunity that presented himself. Joseph does a, a like a half dummy. I don't even know what to call it. But it works for me. Pity gets ahead on it. To Vijalba who you know does his thing and gives it back to Pity, and we we see the end result. But that's a that's a result of, of Orlando pressing. Well, it was a very
1: At- and they At- did it quite a lot. It, it, it was a very Atlanta United it, it was, Tata type goal, you know, because that's yeah. kind of how they would play. They would play a team against the press, turn the ball over, shoot down the other way really quickly. So it was that counter attacking goal that we got so used to seeing last. No,
0: it it wasn't until Atlanta United, you know, clearly was going to possess for. A, a good while or was in possession uh that Orlando decided we're going to you know we're going to we're going to have as many guys behind the ball as we can but that wasn't their plan that was just what they were going to do while Atlanta United was going to try to possess but while Atlanta United had the ball in their own defensive half they were going oh
1: yeah for the absolutely. most part
0: Orlando was trying to to create some havoc you you literally saw it towards the end of the match and i don't know where the idea that they were sitting back and bunkering came from No, they definitely weren't. I I, I, I saw that. I was like, what?
1: (laughs) Yeah, they definitely weren't doing that. And you could tell definitely, you know, as the game progressed that I'm surprised. You know, I was kind of giving you a little bit of a hard time. But in all seriousness, the goal did look like it was coming from them. And for Atlanta United to have been able to hold off, you know, a little bit of luck there probably. But at the same time, we talked about earlier how Guzan, you know, was – an impenetrable force, yeah, and uh, it helped Atlanta continue. And that that was the main reason that Atlanta still is unbeaten against Orlando, it's because Brad Uzan had a had a heck of a game there, and Atlanta was able to capitalize on a on a moment of maybe overzealousness from Orlando.
0: Uh, Landon Schultz says, "Do you think uh, he waited to sub because he wanted to? He wanted the security of the second goal, or because he's planning to use more bench players in the Vancouver game? It's a great." Great question, just because you, you expect a lot of rotation. The fact that Nagby and Parkhurst aren't making the trip lets you know that there's clearly going to be rotation. And so what I'll say to the podcast that want to fire Frank DeBoer and the people in general that want to fire the, Frank the DeBoer. portion
1: of the Atlanta United fandom that wants to fire Frank?
0: Uh, don't expect a win. You'd be happy with one. You want one, of course. But let's be real. If it's a bunch of youngins who haven't gotten a lot of playing time, Actual playing time, match time in this system, and Andrew Carlton, mm-hmm. Pereira. Oh I yeah, Deion those. Pereira is definitely starting. Um, Mikey Ambrose maybe like these, Mikey Ambrose has obviously played a little bit more than oh, some cool. of the other guys, but you get what I'm saying. You know, <laughs> don't freak out if this if it, this isn't a great game for Atlanta United. Well, I think at this
1: point it's not about you know.
0: That's not to say they shouldn't play well, but
1: of course, but it's not about squad rotation just to rotate in guys or just to give guys a chance or whatever. At this point, Frank DeBoer has to figure out who some reliable options are when, because as I mentioned earlier, you, you could be facing a scenario where Joseph, Pitti, Tito, Barco, Guzan, Nagby are all gone at the same time. And if that were to happen... You know, it'd be catastrophic for this team. Obviously, you always want the players on your team to be in contention to be playing for their national teams because that means you've got really good players. Yeah. That being said, this is the time it can come to bite you when you've got two concurring tournaments in the same hemisphere that you play your league in. So it's going to be tough, and I think right now Frank DeBoer really does have to play the Carltons. He's got to play Amber. He's got to play Dion Pereira. I think... You know you're gonna maybe see some some more of the uh, younger attacking players that are you know maybe playing with the twos or, or whatever. I think you're gonna see some of those guys too, just because uh, you have to. You have to look at kind of that worst case scenario that could be coming up in a month or so, and and figure out what your plan of attack is if the worst were to happen, and you do lose a lot of players for a while.
0: Vizalba and, and even Pity himself. I don't think they're ones that are are starving for rest, uh, just because. Well, there you has, has – well, not only that, but Petey has um, – it's not like he's playing been, – he's been playing 90 minutes or even 70. He's been coming out of sub, and then lately he's been playing about 60 minutes, and it was only this last match that he played a full 90. I think it's the first time since the – I think the first time in MLS that he's played a full 90? I think that's right. Um, I could be wrong. Well, and, and, but you, you know, get what I'm saying. Nagy, yeah. uh, Rometty, uh, Gressel, um, you know, you see them you – see, you see their tired legs at the end of the matches. Uh, as of late, um, so to see a guy like Justin Miriam get signed, he I would expect him to start coming in for either Gressel or Vijayabha. Yeah, and neither Gressel, one of the. I don't think I don't think specifically Gressel. Gressel shouldn't, in my mind, if he doesn't play this match, I don't, I'm not going to be mad.
1: Yeah, I mean Elliot here on the chat says rest Gressel, and it's like, I mean Nagby and Parker didn't even come, so you already know those guys aren't options. It's going to be a pretty thinned out squad. It's going to be one that, yeah, I mean maybe. Don't start Gressel, but at some point you may need to give him a run out for thirty minutes at the end. You know, just just based on how the game's going. Ideally, I think Atlanta United in this game would would be get a goal early and then
0: drop the hell back. You know, All right. I mean, I hope not. Just that's just not their style of play, though. Well, it's not, but at the same, and I know, time, I know, I know, I, know I, I I hear you talking about practical, practi- the practicality of the situation, but that's also that's a way to get just throttled especially, well, it is. especially, no, especially no if you haven't it. if you haven't been specifically working on that and when you're playing
1: hyper defensive and that's not something you're used to that's usually you know it's like the prevent defense when you start playing that that's when you give up chunks of yards that's when you give up and it's not uh, like loads they, of space and that's when all bad things can happen
0: and it's not like these young guys are, are you know hoping to get in so that they can you know protect the one nil lead they want to go in and, and play the same system that uh, they've been watching the last nine matches. They want to they want to go in and play and and show Frank DeBoer what they can do in this system. They want to show Frank DeBoer what what they can contribute to this team uh, on a more regular basis. Coming off the bench, doing what doing what they got to do to get minutes, and that's not going to happen in a situation where they're where they're having a bunker. They score one and they just sit back.
1: I totally agree with you. I would hope that that's not what they would plan on doing. More than anything. I, I talk about this all the time. I would
0: actually be I would actually be pretty pissed off if Frank DeBoer did that.
1: Don't adjust and don't make too many adjustments. You should always try to you know execute your game plan first, because if you can do that and prove that you can do that against any sort of style, then you're going to make teams adjust to you. So I think that's probably also a, a very possible outcome or a possible way that Atlanta United comes out in this game is that they're like. You know what, Frank DeBoer wants to instill in us whoever's playing that this is the style we're going to play, and we're going to make teams try to have to change what they do to to play against us.
0: So maybe that is a way that they go about it. Yeah, my hope is that they don't really change much. They just continue doing what they're doing. That they just add pieces to the to the to the same puzzle. Um, you know, I mean, I, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Carlton got to start. Wouldn't be surprised if Dom uh, Pereira got to start. Um, you know, Breck's going to play, just because uh, Michael Parker's isn't there. Um, LGP Miles, I would love for them to get a break, but I I think they're too necessary on that back line. Uh, Franco Escobar, again, another guy that hasn't played enough over the course of the season because of injury, t- to I think really warrant being that tired this early. Now, I understand the string of games is 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 a different kind of monster. But just out of the sake of necessity, unless you've got Mikey Ambrose ready to go, you probably don't want to. And Mikey Ambrose isn't even right back. You mm-hmm. probably don't want to. I wouldn't sub him off, or I wouldn't. I wouldn't. You know, start him off the bench. Uh, this match, me personally. Now, now he, if he's seeing something different in practice, then
1: yeah, obviously. Back to the do. center backs for a second, though. I, I'm. I was just thinking about this, so I agree that in every possible scenario you can play miles and LGP together because they're playing so well yeah you need to do it but at the same time um is that something you need to look at too because i mean LGP
0: played like last year every, saying, every every minute last year he so did. I, i'm not really worried about he did. i'm not even really worried about miles
1: I, I would hope that that's the case but do you need to kind of figure out another solution back there for the the dreaded just in case
0: well, I mean, in that scenario, you'd bring in, you'd bring in Slide Parkers, Parker's and, yeah, you're bring Michael Parker back over that you're side. Back to, you're back to normal, yeah. and not back to normal because you rather normal now is Miles Robinson and, at center back. I, um, mean,
1: I I would assume you know Jeff Lorenowitz probably gets a start in this game. Yeah,
0: Jeff Lorenowitz, I, I would. Rometty feels I feel like he needs a break. Um, not 100. percent Maybe that's where Justin Miram. The problem fits is, in. it
1: feels like everybody needs a break. So what do you do?
0: But not everybody. See, well, again, I mean, like, Vigelba, Grussell, Vigelba Grussell feels like he needs a break. Vigelba, but, I wouldn't give a break. I don't think he needs a break.
1: Well, no, because he also hasn't started as many games as some of the other guys.
0: Joseph, I feel the same way because he's just a hoss. And, and plus, you've got Romario you can throw in there in the 60th minute. You know, If you're asking Joseph just to play 60 minutes, then that's not that much of an ask for a guy like Joseph Martinez. You think we're getting a Carlton start? I wouldn't be surprised, uh, depending on where Justin Mirren plays. Um Carlton and for Gressel. Yeah, I could see
1: Joseph getting the start and like you said, Romario There's not much more change in.
0: that's necessary after that. No,
1: I mean, I, I honestly, if you had Joseph up top with, you know, Vijalba, Carlton, and Pitty, uh, you yeah. know, as, as you're kind of attacking Again, we know
0: Shea is going to play left back. Yeah. Um, you would expect the rest of the back line to stay Franco the same. will be the same, yeah. Lorenowitz, you know, Nagby won't be there, so, pro- I mean, honestly, probably not Rometty, and I would expect that, Again, maybe Justin in for that Rometty slot, maybe just asked to play a little bit differently. How long is he Ambrose would.
1: out? Or is he I actually don't know. Um, I mean, what, if, what if you got Ambrose and then,
0: I mean, could pushed into the midfield? It might be a moot point because we don't know if he's available. Of course. Right. Um, but yeah, outside of that, look, I, I don't expect Atlanta United to go into Vancouver and just start bossing Vancouver around. I, I really don't. I, I fully would be happy with the draw. I would be happy with like a nail biting, right to the finish. Oh my gosh! Please pull away a draw or score one at the last minute, and I, mean, you, I would walk away happy with that. Just get something out of this match and and leave.
1: You're on a great run of form. Uh, you know, we talked about the streak, the winning streak. Obviously, Orlando still hasn't beaten you. Yeah, I mean, right now, I think the run of form this team has gone on. You know, over the last month has kind of allowed you to maybe not have that sense of urgency that we had a month ago when a lot of the Rhetoric about Deboer out and all that stuff was kind of first really getting its 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 flame on, so to speak, uh, and uh, and and kind of embering. But right now, you don't have as much pressure as you did. So I think a and and that's not even like on the team. That's more of like the fan base feeling that pressure and everybody getting up in arms about things. But I think that you've at least with the last month or so of results and put yourself in a situation where, yeah, I mean, if you weren't to go
0: up to Vancouver and get a win, you know, nobody, I think, should really be crying over it. Um, uh, Elliot in the chat says, uh, "Who's? Well, no, I'm sorry, Landon Schultz in the chat asking, essentially asking if Dion would start over Carlton. He's saying Dion would start over Carlton. Um, look, if he if he does start over Carlton, I I'm going to look at that as a sign that Carlton doesn't really have a place much longer on this team because if he if if someone as new as Dion is starting over Carlton, who has gotten first-team minutes in the past. Yeah, but it's the system the is different, past. though. I
1: mean, that's the thing. It's knowledge of the system at this I
0: point. I understand, but Frank DeBoer, we've already seen him tight spaces over Tito. So,
1: Well, but yeah, you know, we also saw him talking about Carlton recently and talking about his immaturity and needing to improve in that department things like that. So,
0: I'm not saying that that's not the case, but what I am saying is that if, if it's that bad, that Carlton isn't going to get a start as long as he's been here, as much as he's played already – Look, Dion De- De- looks like a fantastic player. I'm not. I'm not crapping on Dion, but Carlton has is 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 has no only been kind of a, a kind of a cult legend here. He's sort of been kind of a fixture on the bench, not necessarily off the bench. Um, and he's just got that that reputation of someone that's coming up next. And again, if that doesn't happen, if Dion is starting over Carlton, that's a that's a it's a huge bad thing. for well, I remember
1: Carlton. Carlton didn't make the uh, the U.S. squad. You know that was uh, that U twenty U.S. squad, and that was kind of a dagger to him. I'm
0: sure. I mean, he's not he's not play- he's not in that squad because he's not playing. Well, I, I know that's that. Not, that's not necessarily a mat- that's, not, that's not a landing ice problem. And I think he probably knew that was coming. That's not really a surprise, stage,
1: though. That's the thing. Like, usually, yeah, but they're only going to
0: take people that are, they're only going to take players that are, that are actually playing, that are actually you know developing at their club level. Which and is they're sad not doing. That that, it's not that, happening. Know. I
1: mean, he's been getting minutes with the twos, but no. I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that it's an unfortunate situation because you obviously want your players playing in those kind of situations and getting that kind of experience.
0: Yeah, for sure.
1: All right. Um, let's see. I don't think we bashed Orlando enough.
0: <laughs> well, take it away, man.
1: Well, I just think more than anything, they came out and they were completely bossing the game around. You do feel bad for them for not being able to put one in, but at the same time...
0: You feel bad for them?
1: Well, let me finish. Uh, I think the prevailing feeling from Atlanta United fans were, man, Atlanta United gave this
0: team, Orlando, I'm talking about, every opportunity to score, and they still couldn't do it. I mean, I I give credit to Guzan for the saves he made. Um, and look, I, they should have, based off their press, they should have had at least one.
1: I'll on say the one bad thing I was upset with Atlanta United about was, you know, you talked about the moment where Atlanta United scored, and it was a it was a good little counterattacking moment there. I didn't see that enough from Atlanta United.
0: There weren't that many opportunities. I think Atlanta United was was more concerned with you know possessing and and. Creating better opportunities because those aren't good opportunities. Those are those are those are. <laughs> let's be real, Atlanta, Well, got, if you
1: can get the numbers game, they are good opportunities. If you can, you know, get the numbers thing going in your advantage off of a quick, you know, counter,
0: especially with what Atlanta. And look, yeah, they weren't trying. They, they were not doing that. It well, was clear right. that they were going over the top quite a lot.
1: I just think that Atlanta United is a team that, you know, with Frank De Boer putting in this system now. It doesn't necessarily mean, and look, we got to see him do it once against Orlando and it worked great, but I don't think, because of the, the speed that this team has on the wings, you know, you should, I always thought you should try to utilize that more, and I think they've become a much more, you know, they do play out wide. Obviously, you have a lot of talented
0: players out there, but... Well, I wouldn't say they didn't. I mean, look how look how successful Vijadaba uh, was this He match. had a great game.
1: He yeah. had a great game on that side, and he's continuing to, to play very well. We,
0: we know what... Do you feel he's, like he's earned the spot?
1: Yes, right. I thought kind of he had already earned the spot based on biding his time, based on being a good teammate, and based on what we've seen in the past. But none of that matters to Frank DeBoer. It matters about results and how it'll work in this system. And I think I
0: think as soon as Barco's back, he's back to the bench.
1: I would agree, but I think for now we're we're seeing it work very very well. And then, you know it could be a situation where you can have sort of a an amoebas blob there as you're attacking kind of quartet where you can – probably not going to have it a whole lot, but you could feel comfortable putting a Vijalba in and pulling out a Pizzi or putting Pizzi in, pulling out Barco and kind of having all those players and having those options in the attack whereas you're, you're not typecasting guys necessarily.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see how he does against – assuming he plays against a, a team like Vancouver.
1: This could be a match where you're really, really – looking at him to create looking at him to be the spark
0: yeah uh both him and pity of course you want pity to continue to progress you want pity to continue to that's not saying he needs to score but uh, you, you want to see him continue to create chances to continue to get involved in the attack to continue to to be as dangerous as we know we, we can't he can be at this point the one the one knock against him, he's not very fast no not very quick I should say Well, yeah maybe his I, top I, speed is 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 there and we just haven't seen it but man he he gets beat the balls left and right.
1: Yeah, and maybe that's a thing about match fitness too. I mean, maybe I, yeah, it, yeah. It has been. I don't know how much longer you can kind of use that. as it's as, as not really an excuse,
0: but. And I honestly don't remember if that was that was, in his skill set based off like his highlights and whatnot. I I, I mean, you, we all saw the passes he made. We all saw the shots, the goals he scored, and, and the shots he and would tribbles. take. Exactly, yeah. Uh, but you never really saw top speed or anything like that, and. Man, if there's one knock against him it's it's the fact that he gets at least me the the, the times he had an opportunity kind of one on one to get a to get a a 50 50 ball he was he was not there. Hey, do you think uh, the part of and this... that's, not, that's not an issue that's just that's yeah that's again, that's the difference between Adamido and pity. oh you're not, this... not going to get the same thing out of pity that you got an out, out No, Alibido.
1: but I think a lot of the performance kind of comes down to the fact that you know, and I'll even say P.t. Martinez not being the first to a lot of these balls. You know, a lot of it is, is this team's worn out, man. They have played so many games in such a tight succession here, and it'll be nice for them to get some time off. But, unfortunately, if you're a good player, you don't get very much time off because, again, a lot of these guys are going to be going off to their international team soon.
0: Yeah, we'll see how everything pans out against Vancouver. Um, their last couple of matches, uh, they got the one nothing win over Portland um, last Friday, They beat Colorado 3-2. They drew with Philadelphia. Who Remember, Philadelphia is the top of the Eastern Conference right now, 1-1. Orlando beat Vancouver 1-0. Oh, well, if
1: Orlando beat them, we'll be fine.
0: Yeah, I mean, they haven't had a great run of form the last uh, four matches or so. Uh, But, and look, to be honest, their season has kind of hasn't started out great. They're they're eighth right now. They've got 12 points in 11 matches. Um, Negative three goal differential. You have a lot of 14 goals, not the worst in the league, but definitely it's about mid, 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 middle of the pack. I mean, they're definitely a beatable team. It's whether 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 the guys that are filling in for that are being rotated in are up for the challenge. Whether they're going to produce. Whether they're going to be there to. Because again, this is this is. I don't. I hope for the best, but I also don't expect this team to just absolutely crush Vancouver. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a back and forth. Elaney looks like a like like a mess at times, because it's either youngins or like if if Deion like and Carlton Deion and Carlton are starting at the same time, I would fully expect something like that. I don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be one or the other, and then one of them is going to sub in for Vijayadab or the other or whatever. Uh, it's not going to be different enough to to warrant like a like a four nothing loss. Like if it's a four nothing loss, we're talking about it's a different situation. But a one nothing, two nothing loss, two one loss, it's not great, but it's not the end of the world. It's not a product of the system. It's just you're rotating you're rotating people in. If you happen to draw, fantastic. You're gonna take what you can out of this match, go back to the East Coast, and uh, get ready for New York. And hopefully that's a team that this year isn't going to be such a a hassle as it was in in years past.
1: I think more than anything for this game, for me, I'm very intrigued to see how this team plays without Nagby because he has been, you know, when you have that position and and that ability and that technique in the middle of the field, when you have all those things, and then you just take that away, I don't know if one person – in the lineup that whatever it is can do all that he does or if it's going to take a combined effort. But it's so, going to be a lot different.
0: The Justin Miram role, Justin Miram's going to fully step in for Nagby. I don't know why I said Remetti earlier. He's fully going to step in for Nagby. Of course. That's, that makes absolute perfect sense.
1: Eventually, I mean, every, we keep saying this like this guy needs a break, this guy needs a break, but some people just aren't going to
0: get them. No, Miram from Nagby and then Lorenzo for, for Remetti. Yeah, I mean, that could make sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then... I'm just thinking. At that point, you're looking at Gressel either being subbed in by Carlton or uh, subbed out by Carlton Mm -hmm. or Dion. One of the two.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really the only.
0: It'll be fun to see what happens.
1: That's really like the only big mystery at this point is you know does Carlton get that opportunity or does it go to Dion Pereira and Carlton is kind of left wanting. That that's the biggest. Kind of question mark here for me.
0: Atlanta United right now sitting in fifth place in the Eastern Conference, seventeen points at the last uh, out of ten matches played. Still What's the, the game two, in hand situation. Three game in hands to the Montreal Impact. Two games in hand to Philadelphia. Philadelphia and DC United. Uh, three games in hand over Columbus. One game over NYCFC. Um, yeah, fifth place considering the start of the season. Oh, it feels great. Ten matches in, feels awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, they are six points away from the top of the of the Eastern Conference, which who would have had that discussion or made that comment three, four weeks ago? Um, so, I mean, come on, that's two wins and hoping for the worst for Philadelphia, for D.C., for Montreal. That's easily easily doable in the next 23 matches. 24 matches. Oh, yeah. And
1: that's the thing. I, you no know, one should
0: be freaking out if they lose on, on uh, tomorrow night.
1: No, it, it, it's the motto of this podcast at this point is it's way too early. That, that's what the, the we've been trying to tell y'all. It's way too early to, to panic. It's way too early to make rash judgments. It's way too early to, you know,
0: Fire anyone. Fire anyone. It's way <laughs> too
1: early to judge whether Frank DeBoer is a failure. You know, there's just way too early for a lot of this stuff. There are some things where it's starting to become not as early as others. You know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, we talked about Atlanta United and, and the style of play under DeBoer. This was one of the things that you know, a few months ago, and we were like, all right, this has to change, or Frank's going to be in trouble. And a lot of these things did change. It was the style, it was the way that Atlanta United was going forward in the attack, and those kind of things. And, And they have adapted. It's not nearly as slow and stale as it used to be. So those things are coming along quite nicely. So yeah, I think that if we were still complaining about some of the things we were complaining about two or three months ago, then, of course, you need to, you know, make some changes and things like that. But right now, a lot of the stuff that I think a lot of people were upset about a month or two ago, those things have been fixed or Atlanta United has kind of figured out how to play around
0: them, so to speak. They can, they can, at the very least, they can start backtracking on some of those things that they, they felt so strongly about. Yes. I'm not, I, there There is enough time in this season. There's, a, there's enough time in the Frank DeBoer timeline of, of success-failure um, to, to, for this to absolutely go to crap. It oh, could yeah. absolutely take a turn for the worst. Oh, yeah, there's enough and time we can for, be talking yeah. about—we can, we can go back to that Frank DeBoer uh, out situation should that come. But right now, it, it's funny. <laughs> After two games, everyone's ready to fire him. Now that he's won four straight, five and six, no one's really no one's ready to turn that around. And then the, <laughs> the way they were losing games, uh, even with the chances created, wasn't enough. Now they're winning games and creating a ton of chances. Now that's not enough.
1: Yeah, no, that's the thing. It will never be enough for some people. There's always going to be something to nitpick, something wrong. And right now, if you're a Landing United fan, what is there to complain about? I mean, you're the defending champion, the season has pretty drastically turned around here. And yeah, there's there's some murky waters up ahead with some international competitions and things like that. But
0: you know, as of right now I'm not really I'm not really worried. It doesn't look like Pity's gonna make the roster for Argentina. You don't think so? He hasn't made the provisional. Well,
1: if he keeps playing the way he's playing, that could change pretty quickly. Maybe Maybe Atlanta United should not play him until they finalize their roster, then bring him back. So you know you have.
0: I know Vijadaba has made the provisional roster. I think Pity was the only one, only big name that didn't make the provisional roster for. What's the Gold Cup provisional stuff
1: coming out? Oh, I have no idea. Yeah,
0: I'm not. I'm focused solely on Atlanta United. Well, no, Atlanta United <laughs> does have Gold Cup players. They do have Gold Cup players. I'm just – I haven't looked that far into the future yet. Well, of course. I know it's coming. I just – I just, I, I choose mean, not to look at how it. How big of a blow would it be if Nagby and Guzan got call-ups? I mean, Guzan
1: – I don't know if he's I, there's if a, he's a the There's call-up. a break,
0: though, for the Gold Cup, so it's not going to be as hard of it's a hit. It's not a – but it's not going to be as hard of a hit as – And it.
1: the Gold Cup, too. I mean, they can call up and drop down in between the group stage, I think, so – there could always
0: be something. Happening. I'm not 100% familiar. I mean, I'm going based on what you're saying. I wouldn't know for sure. I don't know that that's. I think there's enough of a break there where it's not going to be that big of a deal. Well, hopefully that is the case. Um.
1: All right. Anything else? Um. No. Just uh. If you're a Hawks fan, go have a drink. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That sucked. Eighth that and sucked. tenth. Yikes.
0: <laughs> um. All right. So this week again, we'll have the radio show tomorrow. Mm. Uh. 12.30 AM, 106.3 FM, Atlanta SportsX on the radio dials. Um, you can stream on the Atlanta SportsX app. That'll be – you'll be here tomorrow, right? I will be. Uh, Josh will be here tomorrow? No. Josh will not be here tomorrow. I don't think he's
1: – no, I think he, I
0: if forget. we would have done this tomorrow, he would
1: have been here, but we
0: can't. No, I forget. All right. Game. Radio show tomorrow, regardless of who's here and who isn't. Uh, and then we'll have a podcast on Thursday should Josh be available, and we'll obviously let you know about that should he become available. Hopefully, I don't know, hopefully he isn't, but slightly hope he is because I would like to talk after the Vancouver match and specifically ham- how uh, Frank DeBoer handles this rotation situation that clearly looks like it's happening. Um, other than that, you can find me at Eric G. on social media, or on Twitter, I should say. Uh, make sure you follow us on Facebook, uh, follow the podcast at MOTS Podcast. donate to the podcast at patreon.com slash Podcast. Make sure you download the. I'm sorry. Make sure you subscribe to the new podcast feed through Dirty South Soccer on iTunes on your Podcatcher. Search Dirty South Soccer, and you'll get us and Five Star Final.
1: Yeah, we saw if we annoy you, but we're gonna keep reminding for a couple more. We got to plug it. Yep. Yeah, we just gotta just because you know we want you guys to be able to get the show in all the same ways you used to be able to get it, and you can. You just have to kind of do one little two chore there to switch over. At or Sam J
0: Franco for there you on go. Twitter, but uh, that does it for us. Until next time. See you later, Atlanta.